He konai purangi tēnei nā te reo irirangi o Aotearoa. Super Scientist Nano Girl is on a mission to show everyone the wonders of science. She's joined by her trusty sidekick, the constantly learning artificial intelligence repository. We call her Claire. Let's cross now to Nano Girl's secret lab. Definitely shouldn't smell that disgusting. I do not have smell senses. What is it supposed to be? supposed to be cheese but it's kakariki yeah i know i think the experiment went wrong it's not supposed to be green i think bacteria have totally taken over the cheese actually we've had a question from ponsonby intermediate about bacteria hi nano girl my name's nia and i'm from auckland i'm 12 I was wondering whether all bacteria is bad. Oh, that's an awesome question. Actually, I'm pretty sure my friend Dr. Susie Wiles will be able to help. To the jet vault! Don't forget your lunch, Nano Girl. I'll get it when I get back. come from? Oh well, nearly the perfect part right outside Susie's lab. Hey Susie, haven't seen you in ages. How are you? Good, thanks. How are you? I am great. I have a problem though. We have a question in from Nia about bacteria and you are the most expert person (laughs) I know. I was wondering if you could help us. Absolutely. Okay, you look kind of busy here, though. Are you all right leaving this for a little bit? Yeah, totally. The bacteria will be fine. Let me just grab some bits and pieces. Ew! Oh, Susie, I think I just touched something and it was a bit slimy. (gasps) Maybe I'll develop superpowers, like Spider-Man. Um, we better wash our hands first before we leave, though. Oh, okay. Right, I think I got that off. No super spidey powers for me, then. Oh, well, I can still have science adventures. Woo! Now let's see if we're in the right place. Hi, Hi, everybody. Where am I? Pontimedia. Susie, we went to the right place. Okay. Um, I'm looking for somebody called Nia. Hi, Nano Girl. Hi, Nia. Now you had a question for me. What was your question? I was wondering whether all bacteria is bad. Well, I don't know, but I have brought an amazing expert. Hi, uh, I'm Dr. Susie Wiles, and I am. An associate professor at the University of Auckland, and I run what's called the Bioluminescent Superbugs Lab. So, does anybody actually know what a bacteria is? Like, are they an animal? Do they have teeth? Or eyes? Or are they big or small? I think they're small. I think they're very, very tiny. I think they're micro. Yeah, so bacteria are one of a 
a class of organisms we call microorganisms because they're very small. So we kind of class microorganisms as bacteria and fungi and viruses, but bacteria are very different to the other two. So they're very, very tiny. You can't see them individually with the naked eye, but you can see them when there are millions and millions and millions and millions of them kind of clustered together in what we call a colony. So, hey, have any of you ever seen like around a sink or maybe in a dishwasher, like sometimes it's a bit black or sometimes it's a bit pink and slimy? So that sliminess, yeah, it's a bacterial community, I guess. Um, when they're in that kind of form, we call them a biofilm. They're kind of living as a little community. Uh, and they're colored because they're producing kind of pigments or dyes. And you can see them at that stage because there's lots and lots of them. So Susie, does that mean that bacteria only live in my bathtub? <laughs> no, they live in your bathtub. They live in you. We're just like a walking bag of microbes, basically. Uh, we've got them on our skin, our, our guts, our our poo is mostly microbes, actually, mostly bacteria. <laughs> um, but we also eat them. Eat my poo. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that was the wrong way to go. <laughs> um, yeah, so, so we're, we're mostly made up of microbes. The ones in our gut help us get nutrients from our food, so they're really, really important. So, Nia, you were asking about are all bacteria bad? So there are bacteria in our food. Where do you think we might find bacteria in our food? Um, maybe the ground that's grown in, like the dirt and soil around it. And what type of food do you think has bacteria in it? Potatoes. Oh, cheese. So think of bacteria as like little sacks of stuff. And they do stuff. They can make stuff, right? And they can turn chemicals into other chemicals. So this is actually one of the ways that some bacteria can make us sick. They can be doing nothing at all. And then suddenly they can start to produce chemicals that can digest our flesh. Um, nom, nom, nom. But then there are others that um, do chemical reactions that are really useful. So chemical reactions that make cheese, for instance. So there's a bacteria called Brevibacterium. And it's often used to make really smelly cheeses. Lots of smelly cheeses have got that kind of sweaty foot smell. Yeah. Ew. Right. Okay. It gets even worse. So the reason it smells like sweaty feet is because we can also have brevi bacterium living between our toes. Ew. <laughs> And so they make our feet smell cheesy, <laughs> and it's the same bacteria. So is that sweaty cheese bacteria good or bad? I guess when it's between your toes, it's kind of meh, whatever. But when it's in cheese, it's A-OK. -okay. What else can bacteria do? Oh, gosh, um, all sorts of things. My favourite are a group of bacteria that glow in the dark. So they produce this beautiful blue light, and there's one particular bacteria, oh, there's a whole bunch of bacteria, um, one of which lives inside of a squid, and that squid is nocturnal, and it basically is home to these bacteria that glow in the dark. Why do you think a squid would have bacteria that glow in the dark? For protection. Kind of, yeah. So people can see them? Right, it's the absolute opposite. Yeah. So it's a form of invisibility cloak. So it's called the Hawaiian bobtail squid. And it basically wants to stop itself from casting a shadow under the moonlight. And so it has these bacteria that glow. And so any creature that swims along underneath it looks up. And all it looks like is the moon. It's pretty cool. Could bioluminescence be different colours or is it just one colour? So actually it does come in different colours. 
not the bacteria. The bacterial light is always blue. We can't normally see bacteria with our eyes, but does that mean that you can see bacteria that are glowing? You can, um, when there are enough of them. So those particular bacteria, they don't produce the, um, the chemicals that make light when there's small numbers of them, but when there's enough of them to be visible, then they start to glow in the dark. How many bacteria do you need to create bioluminescent light? Uh, Kind of in the millions to trillions. Uh, I can show you, actually. Let me grab into my little thing. Um, so I've got a little vial. Uh, and can you see there's like a liquid in there and it's... It looks yellow. <laughs> yeah. It looks like somebody weed in your I bottle, know, Susie. I know, um, <laughs> So there's probably millions more than uh, trillions in that one. Um, as the bacteria grow, that will get thicker and thicker. So that's what I would say some millions of bacteria look like. Okay, to see if there's enough bacteria to make them glow, we really need to have a dark room. I'll just turn off the light. Oh, no, I'm all right. I'm all right. <gasps> wait, 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 it's working. Oh, look. Yay! Yay! It's not very bright, but they've turned on. Oh. Well done, guys. <laughs> it's turned so green. Yeah. So, yeah, blue and green, this one. That's so cool. The discovery that bacteria turn on light was how they discovered bacteria communicate with each other. So every one of those bacteria in that tube is sending out a little chemical signal and all the other bacteria in the tube are sensing that signal. And then when it reaches a certain number, it turns on exactly like a switch, turns on in this case the chemicals for making light. But in other cases it could be the chemicals for making a toxin that will make somebody sick or all sorts of things. Could bacteria kind of be counted as an animal as it can communicate and move around? I think, though, by that definition, everything can, actually, because we are learning more and more about how plants communicate with each other. So I think we've just had for a very long time a really narrow view of what communication and things yeah. mean. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, these, these creatures are totally communicating with each other, right? But they're doing it in a different language to the one that we use. Do these bacteria eat and drink and breathe like other creatures? Yes, they, they eat things. They, um, they're carrying out chemical processes. So they're doing exactly, you know, they, they're getting energy from food. Um, in their cases, it'll be different types of carbon and stuff. And bioluminescence be centred like other bacteria? Bioluminescence itself doesn't have a smell. So the, well, oh, can we no. sniff them? You can, but that's the bacteria you're sniffing, not the bioluminescence. Okay, who wants a sniff? Ooh, that has a very weird smell. It smells kind of like mosquito bug spray. Kind of like really hot rubber. It's pretty gross. <laughs> it smells like medicine, to be honest. I don't. Like I think rubber was close. I think it smells like rubber mm -hmm. to me. So different bacteria definitely smell differently, and that's because what they're producing what we call volatiles. So volatiles are chemicals that are basically end up in the air. And actually there's, there's a group of scientists who are trying to figure out whether they could make like a breath test for lung infections. So maybe somebody had some kind of pneumonia or some, some lung thing. Could you find out what they had really quickly by getting them to do basically a breath test and then identifying what volatiles are they're breathing out? So who knows how bacteria are spread? Like can I give you some bacteria, do you think? Um, just by kind of form of touch. It can be airborne, so it can fly through the air. <laughs> yeah, I, I love that idea of these bacteria with their capes kind of flying through the air. 
So bacteria can transmit through all these ways. Um, and whether you get a disease or not depends on the bacteria. Um, so there are some that are spread through what we would call food poisoning, right? So that's bacteria who end up uh, causing vomiting and diarrhea. And that's kind of so they can spread as far as possible and contaminate the environment and people pick it up that way. And that's why we wash our hands after being to the toilet, right? You know, given that well, poo is mostly bacteria. That's kind of why washing hands is important. But here's something to think about. So every time you cough or sneeze, you are sending out lots and lots and lots and lots of bacteria in lots of different sizes of droplets. And so some of those droplets will drop to the ground straight away and the bacteria kind of viruses will die. Um, but others can, if the dots are just the right size, can just kind of hang around in the air. And then as somebody walks past and through the, that cloud of bacteria and stuff, um, they can breathe in and that's how we can get lung infections. And that's why you always should be covering your mouth when you cough and you sneeze. It sounds really and they can hang around for hours as well. You know, somebody could have sneezed two hours ago and then you still walk through it. That's even worse. <laughs> the important thing to remember is that our bodies actually do a really good job of keeping us healthy. And, you know, as long as we have a good diet and we get some exercise, then, you know, most of the time these bacteria that are hanging around and somebody sneeze will be, you know, it'll be okay. Or if we get something, it won't be that serious. Can bacteria kind of join with another lot make me maybe different bacteria and create one where in terms of thinking about disease it's usually just one type that causes a particular disease but there are some bacteria that can get infected with a virus and the virus can give them a kind of new tricks I guess so you could have this bacteria that is not harmful until it gets infected with a virus and then it can be deadly which kind of just blows my mind sometimes, I think. <laughs> How do bacteria reproduce? Oh, great question. They reproduce by basically splitting themselves in half. So one bacteria becomes two bacteria, and then each of those bacteria become two bacteria. Uh, and some of them can do that like every 20 minutes. Wow. Um, so this is also why it's really important to keep washing your hands, you know, because you could end up with, um, you know, like you can have just one bacteria on your hand, but within a few hours that one will become two, will become four, will become eight. Uh, it's called exponential growth. And so you can end up with millions before you even know it. When bacteria split themselves, can they lose some of their properties? So they, they basically um, multiply themselves rather than split, I guess. They kind of they multiply all their stuff inside and then they split off in, in two. One of the things they're um, multiplying or making copies of is their genetic material, their DNA. And so as they're making these copies, they can make mistakes. What can end up with is a bacteria that um, basically ends up being two different bacteria, one of which can have a mutation and the other one doesn't. And that mutation could maybe be a mutation that stops a chemical reaction from happening. So it might um, mutate a gene in some way that stops something, but it can also potentially mutate in a way that gives it a new trait. So the way this is playing out really importantly for us nowadays um, is a thing called antibiotic resistance. So antibiotics are chemicals, I guess most of them are made by um, bacteria and fungi and things. They're chemicals that kill other bacteria. But the bacteria can mutate. They can have these mutations happen just by sheer chance. But those mutations can mean that an antibiotic doesn't kill them anymore. And then that means that you can end up with an infection. And now we have something that we can't treat anymore. 
which is a bit scary. So that means bad bacteria are now super bad. That's what we mean by superbugs, yeah. So superbugs are these bacteria that have basically become resistant to all these drugs that we used to have. So we have an experiment for you to show you why it's so important to wash your hands with soap and water after you've been to the toilet. So can everybody put their hands in the middle for me? And I'm going to shine. We're in a dark room right now. I'm going to shine a UV light on your hands. And you should see your hands. Look- Ooh. Ooh. <gasps> you have sparkles. That, lo- that looks lovely. Somebody didn't wash their hands before they came in here. Okay, so you are going to be our infection. So we're going to put some germs on your hands. Can you rub that in? Like shiny cream. So this is pretend bacteria that glows under a UV light. Now, normally we can't see bacteria, but under special light or special microscopes we can. And so the bacteria will glow. Wait for it. So you just covered in white stuff. <laughs> it's glowing, isn't it? So now, imagine you hadn't washed your hands and you're going to make friends with the person next to you. How would you make friends with them? Maybe a high five. Probably the worst way to. <laughs> okay, so you've just high fived each other. Oh, um, <laughs> what's happened? I've transferred a lot of the white bacteria onto her hands. How easy was that to share? Very Too easy. easy. Too easy. But also just think about all of the things you touch during a day. Door handles, tables, books, pens, you know, things that other people will pick up. So it's not even just doing handshakes. It's other, other things. We call those um, fomites, things that are kind of inanimate objects that can get contaminated. And the other thing to remember is that for some bacteria, it doesn't take many to start an infection. You know, some it might, you might need a million, but others you might only need ten. And that's quite scary. This would be a very bad infection then. (laughs) So do you think if you could see bacteria like we can see them now, you would wash your hands more often? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Probably wash them like once every five minutes. Uh, It's really important actually not to get too scared of the bacteria and because actually washing your hands more frequently than you need to can end up damaging your skin and then uh, you can end up getting kind of cuts and, you know, like um, bacteria, bacteria kind of, can yeah, get getting into that way. And create even yeah. worse. So the, the, the times are when you've been to the toilet or before you're about to eat. Those are kind of ideal times to wash your hands. So how does soap actually help us wash the bacteria off our hands? That's a great question. Um, it's to do with its physical properties and chemical properties, I guess. Um, it's called a surfactant. It is. Uh, and I guess Nanagot can probably explain surfactants better than I can. <laughs> so a surfactant basically turns um, things into what we call hydrophobic and hydrophilic, meaning that one end of the molecule likes water and the other end doesn't. And so what it does is it forces the germs to run towards the water and be washed away much more easily than sticking to your skin. Mm. Well, thanks, Susie. Nia, are you happy that we've answered your question? I'm really happy, thank you. Well, thank you for inviting us. Susie, thank you so much for your time. My pleasure. We are going to go onto the jet vault. I'm going to drop you back at your lab, if you don't mind the spaceship. <laughs> and, um, and I'm going to go back to my lab. See you later. Bye. 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 Nano girl, but did you have fun? Oh, so much fun, and it was so disgusting, bacteria everywhere. And Dr. Susie Wells was able to answer the question too. What was the answer? Well, 
some bacteria good, some bacteria bad, some pretty much do nothing, and some can even get infected with viruses. Another one of those it depends answers. Yeah, science is full of that. But it was still a great adventure, and we did find out that it's pretty gross if you don't wash your hands. And I've thought of a great experiment to show how soap helps to remove bacteria. Let's open up the secret lab. Today we're going to do a simple experiment, and all you need is some pepper, a bowl of water, and some soap. And I'll show you why. So you're going to fill a bowl with some water. And then you're going to sprinkle some black pepper onto the top. Now you should see that the pepper is floating over the top of the water. And if you dip your finger into it, well, all that happens is your finger is covered in pepper. That's like your finger being covered in germs if you were just washing your hands with water. Next, you're going to add some soap to a bowl. And then dip your finger into the soap. Now dip your finger into the water and you should see that all of the pepper moved to the side and your finger is super clean and pepper free. And that's why it's really important to wash with soap, not just water. The soap acts like a surfactant and gets the germs to wash away as opposed to staying on your hands. Uploaded. To have your own science adventure, check out the video on the RNZ website. It's got all of the instructions you need to show the superpowers of soap. Have a go and let us know how you get on by emailing us at scienceadventures at rnz.co.nz. Now, what was I doing before I left? Making cheese toasties. Thanks for listening to Nano Girl's great science adventure. And thanks to Dr. Susie Wiles from Auckland University's Bioluminous Superbugs Lab for helping us to answer this week's question. And to our star, Nia, and her friends at Ponsonby Intermediate. Listen to Nano Girl's great science adventure on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and most other podcast apps. Click on the subscribe button and get every episode straight to your device. You don't want to miss next week's episode when we'll discover whether all animals get goosebumps. If you have a great question, you can email us at scienceadventures at rnz.co.nz. And if you've had a go at the experiment, send us a photo of the finished product. This podcast couldn't have been made without Dr. Michelle Dickinson, Sophie Fern, Janet Van, Joe Davis, Crystal Lee Brown, Liz Garten, Anna Tovey, Claire Easton, Farrelly, Pinky Fang, and all the incredible RNZ sound engineers and our executive producer, Tim. Nanogirl's great science adventures made possible by the New Zealand On Air Innovation Fund.